uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. Uh, how many of you were in Sunday school? Raise your hand. Uh, didn't Jared do a good job? Amen. Wonderful truth. Great message. Thank you, Jared. And uh, Jared doesn't like accolades, and I, I, I feel the same way. But I think, uh, I think uh, you know, he, he deserves his due. He prepared, he planned, he studied, and he gave us uh, truth. And that's what it's all about. So we praise the Lord for that. And then pray, pray for Pastor today. Uh, I know it's got to be killing him to not be in his pulpit here preaching. Uh, pastor loves to preach, and I love to hear him preach. And uh, I, I thank God for our pastor. We have a good man of God, uh, one that we should love and appreciate greatly uh, because there's a lot of men out there who aren't so great, and uh, we have one of the good ones, so we need to appreciate that. So when he gets back, make sure you, you tell him we missed him and, and make him feel welcome. Today I'm going to speak to you concerning sinners saved by grace. And I asked the men to sing a, uh, a song uh, centered around grace this morning, and that's what they did for us. Um, we had a, a, I didn't even know this song was in our program this morning, uh, Only a Sinner. I love that song. Uh, and, and that's what we are today as sinners. And I want to talk about that. And I want to remind us of some things today. I want us to remember some things today. So we're going to spend a little time in the Word of God. So let's all stand together as, as we'll read our scriptures from Ephesians chapter 2. And I'll read through verse 10. If you'll read along silently with me, please. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we stand before you, humble and meek, when we think about the grace that you have bestowed unto us. And Lord, when we consider the mercy that we've received because of your Son, Jesus, Lord, we realize the great responsibility we have to walk worthy of you. So help each of us today. Help us to remember some things. Help us to be reminded of some things today. Help us to remain humble in your sight, realizing that everything comes from you. Thank you, Father, for all these things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I am addressing two groups of people. I'm addressing those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm, re I'm addressing those who have not. 
However, though I am addressing two groups of people, I am addressing one class of people this morning. And that is, I am addressing sinners. Notice with me the words of Paul in verses 2 and 3 of our text, where he states, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, notice that word all, had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now those of you this morning who do not know Jesus as your Savior, you would not agree with Paul's writings here. You would not acknowledge that you live your life in the lusts of the flesh. You are content to live according to the course of this world, according to the philosophies of our society. Those of you who do not know Jesus as your Savior this morning would reject the title of sinner. However, it is incumbent upon me to warn you of the wrath to come. In Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17, we read, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. I stand here this morning and cry out to you to heed these warnings. There is a terrible day coming, a day in which the full fury and wrath of God will be poured out upon an unbelieving world. And it is this knowledge that compels me to warn you today of the wrath to come. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11, Paul writes, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It is this knowledge that drives me this morning to urge you to open your ears and your eyes unto the Lord and hear the Lamb of God calling unto you. Jesus stated in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Yet, though I stand here this morning and issue these warnings, though I declare unto you the word of God, most will not heed this warning and will suffer the same fate as countless numbers before them. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 95. Please keep your Bibles handy this morning. Psalm 95. And we're going to begin reading at verse 11. Psalm 95, look at verse, begin verse 7. I'm sorry, not 11, verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his, of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. So here's, here's the word. If you're here today, and, and, and you know not Jesus as your Savior, if you could not with all certainty say, I know that I am born again, I know that I will be in heaven, Listen to his voice, verse 8. Harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. 
Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. So whether you want to admit it or not this morning, you are a sinner. You are a sinner by birth. David acknowledged this in Psalm 51 and verse 5. When he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You were a sinner at birth, but even more important today, we are all sinners by choice. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20, King Solomon states, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. You see... All of us must understand that even our attempts at doing good and right are not acceptable to God. Even when we try to do right, God doesn't accept that. In Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6, we read, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. I want you to notice the fact that he says, our righteousness. I started a series on Wednesday night on the abundant life, and in that series, we are, we are understanding and learning that the righteousness that we now live as Christians is not our righteousness. It is Christ's righteousness. And anything that I do in myself is not acceptable to God. And we must understand that. There is no good that we can do to obtain eternal life, to be acceptable unto God, or to be saved. There is no hope for our salvation apart from the work of Christ on the cross. And we read a few moments ago in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Today, we are all sinners. And the only thing we can do to be saved today is to answer the call from God. Do you hear the voice of the shepherd this morning? Is he pulling at your heartstrings right now? Turn with me now to Romans chapter 10. Let's all go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and let's, let's look at verse number 8. I said, is the Holy Spirit, is God the Father pulling at your heartstrings right now as you hear my voice? Are you feeling the drawing of the Spirit of God? Are you feeling the calling of Christ? Look at verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. 
For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now look at verse 16. This is the sad part. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Today, let me state that in just a, a few moments, we will dismiss this service, and all will leave. But my question to you is this. Will you leave the same way you arrived? Will you leave this place a lost sinner, without Christ and without hope? Or will you answer the call of the shepherd today and be saved? But as I stated at the beginning of my message this morning, there are two groups here today. And now I would like to address the second group for a few moments. And that is those of you who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Now, lest we forget today, lest we become puffed up in pride in our own hearts, let me remind you today that you, too, are sinners. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul states, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Notice that Paul did not say, of whom I was chief. No, he said, of whom I am chief. Paul realized, though he was an apostle of God, he was a sinner, and in his mind, the chief of sinners. Now, certainly, those of us this morning who are of the election of God, those of us who have been redeemed, have become new creatures. We have been made a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul reminds us of this, where he states, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, the old nature is still with us. The old nature of sin and unrighteousness. Do you ever notice how sometimes, regardless of how long you've been saved, sometimes you still have an urge to do some of those old things you used to do? You ever notice that? When we were at the men's retreat, Brother Reckno would say, Whew, where did that come from? That's, that's not natural. Because when we forget we're sinners, 
And when we become all puffed up and proud about our spirituality and our righteousness, that's when the flesh starts creeping back up and starts tempting us again. No, we, we're, we're still, the old nature is still with us. However, it is important for us to remember that this old nature has been mortified by God. The Bible talks about God mortifying the flesh, and the definition of the word mortified means to limit the authority or power of. And God has limited the power of the flesh. He's limited the authority of the flesh so that the flesh no longer can rule us unless we allow it to. And it's important that we understand that we have been given a new nature, the nature of Christ. And it is that nature that we must submit to and allow Christ to, to, to live through us and, and allow Christ's righteousness to come forth. Not our own, but His. And we've been given this new nature, one whose propensity is to do good and not evil, to walk in righteousness and not in wickedness. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 together real quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's, let's look at verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You see that? It's like changing dirty clothes. Now, I know sometimes bachelors have different levels of dirty, you know. When I was in the Air Force, my roommate used to smell his clothes to determine if it was clean or not. That's not very nice. Uh, but we put off. We put off the old man, which is corrupt, and we put on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus. Okay? And I must move on. You can finish reading that passage later. If you are saved today, you are what the Bible calls a saint. However, we must remember that the ability to sin is still present with us. Therefore, we remain sinners until this corrupt body shall be redeemed and, and shall put on in corruption. Now, this morning as I close, and don't get too excited because I'm not, I'm not that close to closing yet. But I put this in my notes so that you get excited. Ooh, it's closing. Now, in closing this morning, allow me to share a few thoughts with you concerning the subject matter of my message today, Sinners Saved by Grace. Number one, let me say this. Remember who you were. Remember who you were. In Ephesians chapter 2, we read earlier 
in verses 2 and 3, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Remember who you were. Verses 11 and 12 of that same passage states, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. We are strange creatures. I say this because we quickly forget we act as though we were born in righteousness, as though we have never known sin. We begin to look down our nose at those around us who do not meet our self-righteous criteria. But we best remember our own past. In Psalm 40, David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Before we become too self-righteous, before we get too proud, because we can follow a few rules before we exalt ourselves above all those around us. We had better go back and look at that horrible pit that was our life before God's grace was poured upon us. And if you are sitting here right now and you think that you were not so bad, then maybe you better question your own heart. Because the Apostle Paul knew that there was nothing good in him. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, Paul states, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. If we forget who and what we were, we become targets for pride. We begin to think that it is by our own efforts that we can conquer sin. And worse than this, we fail to acknowledge that it is by Christ and Christ alone that we are able to overcome the flesh. And John reminds us in 1 John 4, 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, of myself tonight, today, I don't have the ability to be a good husband. Of myself, I don't have the ability to be a good father. Of myself, I don't have the ability to be a good Christian. In my flesh, I can be none of these. But through Christ, I can be all of these things. God says, I will make you a good husband if you submit to me. I will make you a good father. I will make you a good Christian if you submit to me. This is what is meant in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 where Paul states, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, it is Christ that does all these things in us and through us. It's not by our own efforts. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, we read, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. When I say, Lord, I can't love as you ask me to love, God says, that's okay, because I have all the love you need. Let me love through you. When I say, Lord, I am not strong enough to resist evil, God says, I know that you can't, but I have all the strength you need. Let me be your strength. You see, you and I today had better remember who and what we are. We are sinners saved by grace. Nothing more. But then secondly, today, something else we need to remember. You need to remember how you were redeemed. How you were redeemed. Ephesians chapter 2 again. Let's look at verses 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in his mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. As I stand here this morning, there are men and women, boys and girls, all around this globe, trying to become worthy of God's grace. In our text, we see that Paul declares that salvation comes from God and God alone. It is by God's grace that we are saved, not of works. Because if, it's a, because if it was of works, then we could boast, couldn't we? If I got saved by my righteous works, then I could, I could boast about how great I am. But I can't boast about how great I am because I'm wretched. My heart only imagines wickedness continually. And God and God alone is the giver of salvation. And furthermore, this grace can only be received by faith. And even the faith to believe does not come from my own human psyche. It's not the act of my will. I'm not born again by my own will. I can't exhibit faith enough to be born again. Because in John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, John writes, But as many as received him, to, to, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I know, I know. You know all about this. So why am I wasting your time talking about it? Well, I'll tell you why I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it because I'm tired of God's people forgetting the cost of our salvation. I'm tired of people lumping false teachers and cults into the list of Christian faiths. Cults that have the sacraments and purgatory and indulgences and confessionals. And yet so many true believers embrace these religions as true faiths. Have you forgotten the price that God paid for your redemption? Or do you just not appreciate it? Have you heard it so many times that it just doesn't affect you anymore? Do you remember how precious your faith was when you first began to believe? 
In Galatians chapter 1, we read in verses 6 through 8, as Paul writes, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there were some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Have you forgotten what it was like to be saved? Listen, I, I, I proclaim with Paul that as far as I'm concerned, I'm just a wretch and a sinner. But I'm going to tell you something. When God saved my soul, I never got over it. I've never, I've never gotten over it. That God would, would love and save someone like me. I've never gotten over it. I don't ever want to get over my salvation. God helped me to never begin to take for granted that which he gave me 30 years ago. Do you remember how much you loved to come to church when you were first saved? Now, you only come to church when it's convenient. You remember how much you loved to sing the hymns? And now you carry on conversations during the singing as though the singing is unimportant. You remember how much you love to fellowship with other believers, and now when we have church socials, three people show up? You remember how much you used to love to hear preaching, and now you fall asleep in the middle of the sermon? These things have faded in their importance to us. Why? Because we have forgotten the price of our salvation. We have forgotten that we are nothing more than a sinner, Saved by the grace of God and by the blood of Christ. But then lastly this morning, I want to say we need to remember why we are here. Remember why you are here. Back in in chapter 2 of Ephesians in verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. We are here to walk in the works of Christ. We are here to serve and obey God. We are here to glorify God in all that we do. Quickly turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, just a couple of books back. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Oh, look at that. We've been cleansed from all of the filth in our life. But ye are sanctified. By God we have been made usable and holy unto him. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Paul says, I'm not bound by the law. 
I can, I can, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, my sins have been forgiven, so I'm not bound by these things. So all things are lawful, but he said not all things are expedient. In other words, not all things will profit me. Not all things will further my growth as a Christian, okay? All things are lawful for me, he says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats. Let's skip down to save some time. Let's go all the way over to verse number 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are brought with a, bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I think Paul said it all in, in verse 20. Glorify God. That's why we're here. Now let me ask you, what are you doing for Christ today? Does your marriage glorify God? Do you glorify God in your home? Do you glorify God at your job? Do you glorify God in your church? If we were to go today to your co-workers, to your neighbors, to your relatives, would they testify that your life projects the image of Christ? Or would they have a different testimony to offer? We are to be image bearers of Christ. We are to glorify God in our lives. Romans 8:29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's right. We are to be conformed into the image of Christ. By the way, the name Christian means follower of Christ. So if we claim to be a Christian, are we followers of Christ? Are we Christ-like? Are we conformed to his image? But one may say, well, how can I conform into the image of Christ? We can't. But Romans chapter 12, Paul tells us how God will transform us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. What can we do to be, to, 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 to be conformed to the image of Christ? Let me give you three thoughts and we'll be done. Number one, die to self. Die to self. We must not, we, I'm sorry, we must follow the example, the example of Jesus who sought not to do his own will, but the will of the Father. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus stated, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Die to self. 
That's what Paul stated in Romans chapter 12, that we, we give our bodies a living sacrifice, that, that we not think our, more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Die to yourself. When we die for self, we begin to live for others. And I've heard it said, and I believe it, happiness is found in the pathway of living for others. Stop worrying about yourself. Jesus said not to worry about yourself, but to to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and he would give you everything you need. Believe him. Trust him. Look to the needs of those around you. Help those in need. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be a blessing and an encouragement to all you see. But then secondly, we need to focus on Christ. We must learn to keep our hearts and minds on the things of God. Find a way to bring Christ into everything you do. Unfortunately, today what we've done is we've, we've locked God up in the church. We come to church on Sunday, and we unlock the little door, and we say, Okay, God, you can have me for, oh, 45 minutes. And then when church is over, you say, No, 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 you stay here, God. You stay here. Stay. And you close the door, and you go off and do everything you want to do like there's no God. Am I wrong? I don't think I am. And then we come back. And we unlock the door and say, oh, hey, God, here you are. Focus on Christ. Put Christ in the middle of everything you do. Start with with Jesus and work out from there. I tell you, it's, it's astounding to me. Pastor and I talk about this from time to time. The reasons people will miss church. I'm just dumbfounded. People will miss church for for any old thing. And when I talk about it, people get mad at me. I've had people come in my office and say, you know, I can't get my family excited about church. I can't. And I'll tell them, well, stop taking them up from from yonder and back on Sundays and get them in church on Sunday. And they walk out of my office mad at me. Mad at me. I think I might have uh, crossed the line here. Huh? I don't think you ought to help people move on Sunday. You know what? Someone wants to move, move on Monday. Oh, but then I'd, then I'd miss work. Oh, so work's more important than God. Move on Saturday. Oh, no, that's my family day. So your family's more important than God. Oh, I've got this opportunity I've got to get involved in because it's going to give my children all kind of opportunities. Not on Sunday. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to get anybody mad at me, folks. But I'm standing in this office right here, and I'm going to preach the truth. Sunday's the Lord's Day. And not just the morning. All day. The evening. Everything is the Lord's Day. And in that day, He is to be, he is to be worshipped and honored by us. Why did God continually put Israel into captivity? 
Can anyone tell me? Robbing the tithe, breaking the Sabbath, and idol worship. I don't, I don't wonder why America's going through all the problems we're going through economically and all these other ways, because we've robbed the tithe, we've broken God's day, and we've begun to worship money and every other thing, and it's all idols. Folks, we need to focus on Christ. We need to remember why we're here. We're here to glorify God. How do we glorify God when we forsake Him on His day? Can't do it. Now, this is old Baptist preaching, by the way. This isn't new Baptist preaching. This is what Baptists believe when John the Baptist stood in the Jordan River and those Pharisees came came by because it was convenient. And he said, you show me your fruits of repentance. You show me why I should believe that you are truly born again. We need to focus on Christ. And then let me say lastly, i got to hurry. Live for others. Live for others. In this, we will show forth the love of Christ. Luke 23, 35. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he, if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And by the way, as Jesus hung on the cross, he could have saved himself. He could have. But then he couldn't have saved me. And he chose to save me rather than himself. He gave his life for us. Will we give our life for him? We need to remember some things today. We need to remember who we were. We need to remember how we were redeemed. And we need to remember why we are here. We are just sinners. Saved by grace. That's all we are. Now, if God has spoken to your heart this morning, don't leave here the same way you came here. Get it right with God. Begin living your life through, the, through, through Christ and, and stop, stop adding Christ to your life, but give your life to Christ. Let's leave this place today the way God wants us to be, fruitful, for he's ordained that we should live a fruitful life. And in these things, in these things, we'll find joy and peace and all the things we want. Sinners saved by grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. We are so unworthy, Lord, of your, of your mercy. We are so undeserving of your grace. After all the things you've done for us, Lord, we just give you just the least amount we can. We keep you out of so much of our lives because so much of what we do we shouldn't be doing. I pray today that you would speak to our hearts I pray today that you would help each of us to remember who we were and remember the filth that was our life that you've brought us out of. And I pray that you'd help us to remember the cost of our salvation, that it cost you your own blood, your own life.
And I pray you'd help us remember why we are here. We are here to glorify you in all things. We are here to live for you. Not for a job, not for career, not for wealth or fame, but for you. And I pray you'd help us to remember that. Help us to leave this place today realizing we're just a sinner saved by grace and living our lives to your glory. Thank you for this day. I pray you'd bless all that were here. I pray, Lord, that everything would be received in the spirit it was given, and that is just to glorify you. Thank you for all these things. We ask that you'd bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all